Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 68. On Friday, 28th of October, 2022, I'm releasing a brand new song, Something in the Water. It's the first song I've released in over a year, and also the first song from my upcoming album, Spring to Life, which is scheduled for release in spring 2023. This song This album all means a lot to me and I wanted to turn this week's episode of the podcast over to exploring and explaining why that is. I constantly find myself in love with the songwriting process for so many reasons. It never fails to surprise and delight me constantly keeps me guessing, keeps me on my toes. I am incredibly lucky that in my various jobs I get to observe and participate in the songwriting process in so many different ways. And then, of course, with songs and albums of my own making, I get to experience it from the first-person perspective too. I get to work with young people just at the start of their musical lives as they discover and get to grips with some of the fundamental building blocks of songwriting. I get to work with university students who are really starting to push the boundaries of what they're capable of and what songwriting is. I get to work with amazing professionals who come from totally different worlds of music, who approach songwriting in totally different ways to the ones I know. At every stage, at every level, in every place I experience it, the songwriting process and the results that come from it always, without exception, throw out something unexpected something new, something challenging or something unpredictable. This is, I suppose, the journey and development of our inner creative, the part within ourselves that faces up to the unlimited potential and chaos and unpredictability of sound and music and tries, against all odds, to draw out something which makes sense. Of course, then, once it's done, if songwriting ever really truly is done, there are so many different ways by which you can define failure or success and everything in between. Both as songwriters and then as listeners, there are just so many lenses through which we can see music. So many perspectives and approaches we can take, so many cultural and personal experiences and preferences which colour our vision. For example, in one of my introductory seminars the other week, we attempted to compile a list of all the different tools, techniques and perspectives we can take 
to help us analyse and understand a song. In just 20 minutes, with 20 people in a room, the list we came up with was huge. Everything from musical analysis of the rhythms, the melodies, the harmonies, to picking apart the lyrics and the vocal performance, to all the music videos, interviews, artwork and press that surrounds the music and the artist. And that only scratches the surface of our list. So this is, I suppose, partly what I mean when I talk about our inner critic, the part of us which judges ideas and decides which feel right and which feel wrong. Also not forgetting all the countless possible external critics that exist in the world, should that song ever leave its safety of the songwriter's mind or laptop and reach an audience of terrifying other people with their own terrifying opinions, values and experiences. I guess my point is this. The songwriting process never fails to surprise and delight me. Because it never fails to amaze me when our inner creative pulls out of the chaos something new, something unique, something beautiful. And it never fails to fill me with wonder when our inner critic manages not to kill off those ideas too early, instead nurtures them and allows them space to flourish and grow, yet places enough control and boundary and discipline on that process that they don't grow out of control. And in the end, something comes out that our inner critic can approve of. And then... Should the stars ever align so that the emerging song finds an audience outside of ourselves, then it never fails to astonish me that anyone, let alone more than one, other humans ever finds a connection and enjoyment in that song. That song which started as literally nothing, just pure potential and chaos and silence but which then passed through a flawed and imperfect inner creative and inner critic and somehow reached other humans. It feels nearly impossible. With Something in the Water, the songwriting was almost accidental. I had these chords and a beat in Logic which came about just from playing around with some samples and effects trying to take ideas from other places and other tempos and bringing them into this kind of 90s garage type tempo and feel. Then totally separately, I had these lyrics which were in a rough shape, which I'd written in my notes app between therapy sessions and which had been turning over in my mind during some trail runs. They were never really meant to fit together. But sometimes I sit down with my backing tracks and my notes app open and I just see if any of them will. And these two started to work together. The melody for the main hook, something in the water emerged. And after that, I knew I wanted to finish this track. The ideas took some refinement. I did a lot of extra production, some extra lyric writing. But I really like how they came together. 
in lots of ways, they really shouldn't work. An upbeat garage beat and lyrics, which are essentially about processing intergenerational trauma. But there's something actually about that, which I really love in songwriting. The example I always admire most is Robin's Dancing on My Own. The thumping disco drums and bass and yet painful, almost defiant, but psychotic kind of lyrics. It's it's exquisite songwriting. I aspire to even 10% of that brilliance. I suppose at this point, I probably should let you hear the track. As I release this episode, the song won't hit streaming services for another 10 days or so. But if you want to hear the whole track, it has been played on Voice FM, which I will link to in the show notes for today's episode. But let me insert a short clip here. My stomach is sick, must be something in the water Even if I hadn't drunk it in, it would have soaked into the skin The chemicals next to the poison And that's how we find our medicine In the ground our sickness grows The lyrics, in full, are My stomach is sick, must be something in the water Even if I hadn't drunk it in, it would have soaked in through the skin The cure grows next to the poison, and that's how we find our medicine In the ground our sickness grows, fed sour streams and water flows My intuition is good, perhaps too much so. I'm a sensitive soul and I worry about you. Can't unsee what I have seen. Can't undream the things I dream. Even paradise is a place to die. Lyrically, it comes from a place which I've talked about here on this podcast before, when earlier this year I just had months of feeling totally wiped out and burnt out. In the recovery from that, I was processing things about the way I grew up and how in the end we can't change those early experiences of life, the ones which shape so much of how we see the world, and we don't need to. Because there's this sense that what makes us weak also makes us strong. For me, as I was unpacking where my tendency towards anxiety comes from, I got to see all the ways it has kept me safe, made me successful, as well as all the ways it makes me avoid and worry about things I really need not be avoiding or worrying about. And this is another fascination I have with songwriting. It's place in the healing process. When people are being treated for PTSD, like proper serious post-traumatic stress disorder, one of the things they will do is teach the patient self-soothing, calming strategies, and then over time, 
gently have them re-engage with the memories or triggers for their stress whilst deploying those strategies until they are no longer triggered by them or at least not so triggered that they cannot cope. Now, I'm not saying I have PTSD. I have no qualifications to make such a judgment about myself or others. But trauma is on a sliding scale. And just because adverse events in our lives are not enough to cause diagnosable PTSD doesn't mean they're not traumatic in smaller ways. It is those kinds of traumas and hurts and sadness which I so often find myself writing about. To walk through again, to get understanding of them, to process them. And doing that in the creative process, in music which is soothing, in the flow of creativity which focuses and distracts the mind away from itself and onto the thing being made, it all helps make that excavation of the past more manageable. That it mirrors, at least in part, psychological treatment for trauma is fascinating to me. The other thing I've noticed is that a number of times I've written songs which are almost prophetic in the way I have later, only after they're finished, found them speaking to future me in a way I could not have anticipated. A few years ago, ahead of a really tough time, I wrote a song called Rush about slowing down and taking a breath and being kind to yourself. When I wrote it, it just felt like good, if fairly general advice. But in the months after, actually during an earlier ulcerative colitis flare-up, boy, did I need that advice and that compassion from past me. It's happened a number of times with different songs throughout the years. I don't know if something in the water will be another one, but it's really another one of those things about the songwriting process which mystifies me. I suppose in some ways this week's episode is a little love letter to the songwriting process. But let me also end this episode with a little request for help. When something in the water comes out on Friday the 28th of October, please go and listen. If you're feeling really generous, please also share it with friends, add it to playlists, use it on social media. I don't have any expectations that this song or any song I write will make me the next Beyonce, but I do believe There are people out there who will find something to connect with in what I have to say and the way I say it in music. And if you can help get it to them, I would be very, very grateful. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.